Hi friends, welcome back to the Daily Bible Project Podcast. We're here together in episode 218 of our journey through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we're in season two, which is the book of Genesis, part 148. And if you've joined us today for the first time, why not actually make a commitment to make the Bible part of the rhythm of your daily life and go right back to the beginning. You can go either back to episode one, season one, where we'll take you through the individual 66 books of the Bible in 66 short podcasts, or pick it up around, if you want, season two, which began around about episode 70 with the journey to work through the Bible. We hope chapter by chapter, verse by verse, over the next 10 years or so. Join us on a wonderful journey, why not? And a quick reminder, there's always a full transcript of the text of anything I've said available in any audio version of this podcast. If you're watching it on a video, there should be a link through to the audio version. In the episode notes, that's where you'll find it. But anyway, we kicked off Genesis chapter 19 yesterday. I've called this section that I'm talking about the dangers of living in the world today. And you may remember last time we saw that Lot offered hospitality to these strangers that had appeared at the city gate of Sodom. And they said, no, that's fine. We'll just spend the night in the open square. Now, spending the night in the open square was very common, uh, weather permitting. In those days, it was the sort of thing that was quite normal. And of course, the weather was quite temperate. Travellers would come and spend the night in town squares quite regularly at that time. However, given that we are about to find out more about Sodom, and it will be demonstrated just how dangerous and wicked a city it is, Lot knew that, so he's simply saying, you know what, guys, you shouldn't really sleep outside. Come and spend the night in my home. You don't need to run the risk of staying in the city square overnight. And as a matter of fact, we saw in verse 3, which was read last time, the opening few verses, that Lot insisted strongly, it says, So these uh, visitors, they return with him and they go into his house and it tells us that he serves them a meal and bakes unleavened bread for them and they eat it together. So he's extending hospitality. This is a, a Middle East tradition which is common then and still common today and it certainly signals that Lot, at least in his heritage and his thinking, would wish to be a righteous man and he's entertaining them as guests. But the plot continues in verse 4, and it tells us, Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out, that we might know them carnally. Now, many have noticed that this is an obvious reference to homosexuality. Only I would suggest that it's actually more than that. It's probably a reference to all forms of debauchery, signalling what a wanton state the men of Sodom were in at that time. They're saying, you've got some new visitors, you've got some men in your house, bring them out because we want to have carnal relationships with them, sex with them. Now, if you recall the reason the visitors came to the city in the first place, it was to investigate, to see if the wickedness of that city and the suffering, the crying of which had been heard in heaven, was true. And the Lord had come down and brought these visitors, angels, to check the place out. And they were, in a sense, gathering first-hand evidence 
and clearly finding out that it was as just as wicked as they had heard it was. Now I think it's an important observation to see that the wickedness of Sodom permeated every segment of society. We can see that if we look at the text again when it tells us both old and young people from every quarter gathered round the house. So it's sending a message that everyone in that whole city, throughout that whole city, was deeply into sin. And they've come here outside Lot's house demanding that his guests be given to them so that they can be abused and violated. So picking up the text in verse 6, it says, So Lot went out to them through the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you that you may know them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. In other words, he's placed them under the protection of his household. Now, this is an incredible scripture. What a challenging scripture. And you can look at it in a way that he was guarding his guests. And that was clearly what is going on. And that's part of the process here. But he appears to be suggesting that they commit a sin with his own daughters instead. So it appears Lot is trying to prevent one sin by allowing another sin to be committed. How is that even conceivable in the word of God? This just doesn't look good to us, particularly in our modern mindset. Now, some have suggested that this actually could have been a really shrewd move, as these men outside were clearly homosexuals, so offering them his daughters might not in reality have put them in danger. And they said, and this is the people here, stand back, they said, this one came to stay amongst us and he's acting as a judge now we'll deal worse with you than with them so they're threatening lot so they press hard against lot to the point where they nearly break down the door but the men inside reach out their hands and pull lot into the house with them and they shut the door and they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness both small and great so they became weary trying to find the door So the blindness causes confusion amongst the men outside who cannot any longer gain access into the property. Wow, what do you think of that? What a challenging scripture. What in heaven's name is going on here? How do we deal with this? God doesn't really seem to be appearing in a particularly positive light here, does he? Well, I do believe I can give you some helpful insights into what's really going on here. And we'll try and do that together when we gather again in the next episode. Bye-bye for now.